Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Squad Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Dundee manager Barry Smith. We discuss Barry's time at Celtic as a player, going into football management, keeping Dundee up, what was life like as a manager during administration and his iconic win over Rangers in the Challenge Cup. All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. So Barry, was the plan always to be a professional footballer? Uh, I think as a young kid, you'd always want to be, uh, you know, be professional. But um, actually, before I'd uh, signed with Celtic, I stayed on at school. I didn't go into the ground staff at Celtic. I stayed on at school and get hires. And I'd been accepted to Edinburgh Unity to do physics. Um, but then ultimately the choice, uh, going full time with Celtic, I'm going to uni and I chose uh, the football route. So I guess, you know, when you're growing up, you always want to be a professional footballer. And that opportunity was to get a chance to pass by. And what were some of your early early memories growing up as a football fan? Uh, I was actually a St Mern uh, fan growing up. Um, I went and, um, born in Paisley, so followed St Mern. So um, at that sort of time, they were you know they were a bad team. They're in the, the Premier Division, or, and uh, you know they, they got to the Scottish Cup final, won the Scottish Cup in nineteen eighty seven. So that's probably my earliest memories. You know, winning the Ian Ferguson scoring the goal against United. In the cup final, so um, you know it was great at that time to be a St. Mum fan, I guess. You know, having won the Scottish Cup. Who was your favourite uh, St. Mum player? Uh, oh, there was a few. Um, actually, really fortunate. I got to play with you know, although he was a goalkeeper, Billy Thompson was a you know one that sort of stood out because he was such a good goalkeeper at the time. Um, but you know, Paul Lambert played. Um, Ian Ferguson, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see Frank McGarvey as well. So, you know, a lot of good players uh, at Love Street at that time. Um, and it was a, you know, a very good team. Yeah, what was that feeling like when you signed your first pro contract? That must have been some buzz for your family as well. Aye, you know, you know, there are family members that are Celtic supporters. So, um, you know, it was a, you know, I'd been an S form with them. Um, and then obviously I get the chance to go full time and been at the, uh, the, the, the you know the gift up north the year before um, that's where the sort of younger ones get sent out to um, the, the under 18s uh, and then I get signed full time from there so I, I, I mean growing up you know you, you sort of dreamer um, playing with you know a big club at Celtic and uh, to get that opportunity was incredible when you're going to the family were obviously delighted with that as well. Uh, how would you look back at your time at Celtic? Um, where did I start? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I guess I, I played 20 times, which in itself was an achievement. Um, you know, I probably never believed that. When I look back, I probably never believed I belonged. You know, in the first team at Celtic, I, I was probably in awe of the guys I was playing with. Um, but I, I'm still incredibly proud. I have been played in, you know, I think it was 20-odd games and played in two old firm games, which, you know, a lot of people can't say they've done. So, um, you know, for as much as I'm disappointed that I had to leave, um, I was obviously proud of the achievements I made while I was there. I obviously you mentioned that you played in two old firm games there. Like, what was that like? That must have been incredible. 
Well, the, you know, one of them was at Ibrox and there was no Celtic fans. I think it was the first time it happened in a long time. Um, it was a one-each draw. Um, so, I mean, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> obviously, with no Celtic fans in. So, uh, you know, to get a draw in the, the circumstances was a great result. The other one I probably remember <laughs> more uh, prominently because I get took off at half-time. We get the biggest doing of my life off of Brian Loudrop. Um, who was, you know, just an unbelievable player. I couldn't get close to him. Um, I got took off half time, you know, and I think Rangers went on to win 3 0. I think it was a 3 1. Um, but you know, just to play in the types of games against, you know, I mean, Rangers had a, an excellent team at the time, uh, full internationals, and to be involved in the games, you know, as, as I say, there's not a lot of people who can say they're playing, you know, an old firm game, but so for me, it was a terrific achievement just to be involved in it. I would you say Brian Loudrop's the toughest player you played against? Um, as a fullback, yeah, hundred uh, percent. David Cooper was up there as well. We played him against him when he was at Motherwell. Um, you know, Brian Loudrop was, you know, just his ability was quick. He, he could go left, he could go right. Um, but as I said, I'd back it probably say Henry Larson was, you know, up there with um, the, the hardest player. His move was outstanding. Um, again, as I said, about trying to mark him, couldn't get close to him. And in the box, he was just, you know, he was everywhere. And if he get half a chance, he was scoring. So, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the Henrik Fisildi and Brian Frey Rangers, you know, I think it's a sort of, that, that was the standard that I was up against at the times, you know. And then you really made your name in the game at Dundee. Uh, who were some of the big characters in that dressing room? Well, I mean, I was there for <laughs> 10 years, 11 years, so I went through quite a lot of players. <laughs> uh, you know, when I first went up, um, George Shaw and Jerry Britton, I, I used to travel with them um, from uh, Glasgow. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the car up was a great laugh. Uh, George, Jerry, Roddy Manley, Tom McQueen. Uh, and, you know, we were quite close um, as friends and still keep in touch with each other uh, outside of the game now um, and then once that they've moved on uh, we James Grady and Eddie Annand um, always seem to uh, travel with strikers I don't know why that was but they were good strikers good partnerships um, and you know they were big characters Dave Rogers was uh, another one in that group um, that always had plenty to say and was always a good laughing about the dressing room. Um, big Robert Douglas was a massive character. Um, I'm still very close friends with Robert. Um, and, you know, he's I've got a lot of time for him. Uh, big Rob's still close by me. Um, no, no, he's a more. I think he's still um, playing for Boffert, like 45. I know. Well, he, I think he made an appearance a couple of years ago for our growth. So he's... Uh, he still tries to keep himself in shape, and he's he's one of the guys that um, you know his his standards are so high. You know, the, uh, I think he would he probably stopped playing because he couldn't reach the standards that he'd always set himself. Um, but I, yeah, if like that again, that was a great dressing room. We won the league with that dressing room, so um, a lot of good characters in it. Uh, I also mentioned obviously you won the league there. Um, talk me through that season. Where he's won it in, in 1998? Well, it was a, 
I, I just think we had a good group of players. Um, John McCormick was a, the manager to start off with. I think then Jockey came in when about Christmas time and finished it off. Um, but it was just a overall, it was a balanced team. It, you know, as I say, Eddie Anand and James as strikers. Uh, with a good midfield, good experience with Jim Martin Ali sitting in there and the young legs running about him. And uh, myself, Brian Irvine and Robbie Racey were probably Dave Rogers at times. Uh, were sort of back three and if we went to a back four. Um, so it was just a strong overall team. But, uh, you know, in the, the dressing room, it was also really tightly knit. Uh, it was one of the best dressing rooms I've, I've been in. We all, you know, went out together, we stuck together. Um, and, you know, I think that showed in the park as well. And what was the night out uh, after he's won the league? Must have been wild. Uh, well, strangely, we won it with about four weeks to go. So uh, we beat Wraith um, and we hadn't planned anything because it was still, you know, four, four or five games to go. So we hadn't planned anything. Um, so we all went our separate ways that day, but I think we had four weeks of celebration rather than just the one night because I don't think we won a game after it uh, because we were just basically out, um, or like you know, as a group. Uh, and it was well, we celebrated hard, so it was a good, uh, a good end to the season. Um, we went in Magaluf that, uh, and every single player went, in. Uh, even Big Brian Oven who did. And he drank, um, came along with the boys. Jim McNally didn't drink, came along just because uh, they wanted to be part of the celebration. Have you got any brownie stories from that uh, night in MAGA or that week in MAGA? <laughs> I, well, I think the biggest one was um, Hearts had won the Scottish Cup uh, the same year. So they were um, in MAGA at the same time. And, you know, what it was like, it was a bit of banter, um, but it always stuck with the boys when we went, in, uh, when we went into the Premier League. Uh, you know, a bit of banter, Stevie Fulton and uh, Gary Locke, I think it was, uh, had, you know, were sat in the bar and uh, they, they'd, somebody shouted over, oh, there's 12 points next season, we'll beat Dundee four times. And it stuck with the boys and we actually beat um, Hearts four times that season. Really? Uh, if we went into Premier League, <laughs> so um, it was a bit of fun in games after the first game at Tynecastle when we beat them. There was a wee bit of uh, bit nastiness in the, the tunnel after the game, but, but when you get big rab uh, at your back, there's never really a problem. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, after you finish your playing career, Barry, was the plan always to go into management? Um, but I, when I went to Iceland and I started coaching the kids in Iceland. Um, just to keep myself involved, uh, and I guess it was uh, whether it was planned or no, I'm not sure, but it's probably something I would definitely have looked to get into. Uh, probably happened a wee bit quicker for me, because um, uh, Jockey had left and then he came back and asked me to come in and take the 18s, um, and I felt it was a natural progression. I was getting to the end of my career, and it was a natural progression to start coaching and. You know, Jockey was excellent, you know, in terms of coaching uh, on the pitch. Uh, so I learned a lot from him. Hey, what was it like managing Dundee when they, were in, uh, when they were in admin? To be honest, I had such a good group of boys, it became, it was easy. Uh, they made it easy. Um, all this, the other stuff off the pitch was pretty much the, the harder stuff uh, because you couldn't really do a lot about it. 
Uh, fortunately, we had a tremendous support. Uh, they got behind the club and we were pretty much saved them. Um, but without them, and, you know, I think on the pitch, the players sort of galvanised and got the, the fans behind them and got everybody believing that we could, you know, stay up, even though they were given uh, 25 points. Um, but well, that's ridiculous, by the way, 25 points. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, I mean, I think if Whitney stayed up the club would have went into liquidation because there wasn't any way back and yeah. I'm not quite sure if that's what you know give it listen we should have been punished the, the, the club should have been punished they'd misspent they'd spent overspent they've been in the administration you've got to get punished for that and fully understand that but I think the 25 points was just too much um, yeah. but thankfully uh, it galvanised everybody more than anything else the staff uh, off the park, the fans, the players, uh, and we all stuck together and made sure that we stayed up that season. Would you say keeping Dundee up that season was your proudest achievement in football? A hundred percent. You know, there's been other successes in different ways, um, but given the enormous, like how big the actual challenge was, um, you know, to get the as I say, if Whitney stayed up, I always believed that the the club would, wouldn't be exist. It wouldn't exist now. Um, but a culmination of, you know, the players, the fans, all the staff off the park sticking together, and, um, you know, achieving what we did was incredible. You know, so I don't think that is a bigger achievement that I've made. Oh, definitely. And obviously, I've spoke to a lot of Dundee fans and they, they say you're an absolute legend, mate, honestly, for what you've done. <laughs> they, obviously, they won't forget that at all. But who would you say were some of the big characters in that Dundee dressing room during that time? I, I don't have to go any further than Gary Harkins. Um, you know, he was just a, a real... It, it, I mean, it was a tough time for the players because they'd lost teammates, you know, that... Um, had lost their jobs um, and, you know, just trying to get them lifted and, you know, try to show them that the, the best way to help the guys that had lost their job was to go and win the league for them or, you know, make sure we stayed up. Um, and, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, we went on a, an excellent run. I think it was 21, 22 games that we were running. Yeah, I think it's 20, yeah. Um, but so coming in the Monday morning was easy. Um, because everybody was, you know, full of joy and, you know, because you'd won or you hadn't, you hadn't lost the game. Um, but you need guys like Gary Harkins run about, you know, just to keep everybody on their toes. Um, him, Sean Higgins, Gary Irvin, uh, all good characters, all good guys. It Lee Griffiths for about maybe three months who um, kept everybody on their toes as well. So, uh, a lot of good characters. The the one guy that you know really got everybody together was Big Robert. Though. Um, you know every I think it was at least at least once a month he'd everybody over his house, all the players, their partners, uh, and everybody had a you know a, a drink, had food, um, and the majority would stay you know to the hours of the morning, just you know enjoying each other's company. But it really brought everybody together. Um, and Robert and his wife Debbie, you know, made sure that there was such, the, the the team became, you know, so uh, close that 
they knew every time they went on the pitch, and this is massive for a team that they could trust each other. Uh, and you know, Robert and Debbie sort of, you know, made sure that everybody was uh, together. Uh, but having the, it was, I mean, basically parties once a month in your house. Uh, unfortunately, I just stayed in the corner for him, so I could just sort of wander home at the early hours. Um, but he, he, he used to have a house full, you know, a couple of times a month. Were the players getting paid during that time as well? I think they all took a wage cut. Um, you know, they were all asked to take a wage cut, and I think everyone took it because they knew how dire the situation was. Um, so they all took a waste cotton just to make sure that the club survived as well. Yeah, and obviously Dundee got promoted after Rangers uh, got demoted to the lower leagues. Do you think Dundee were ready to go up at that point? To be honest, I don't think the club was ready. Um, you know, it was, uh, with Kane second, Ross County had uh, won the league by far the season before, and we came second. Um, so we were building a team to win the league. Um, now, if you're building a team to win the league in general, you've got a lot of attacking players and guys that are going to win games for you. Um, when you then get promoted or you get put into the Premier League, you're then looking at a team that maybe has to defend a wee bit more. Um, we probably, as a, a group, were, if we had that same group for a year, um, and then went into the Premier League, we'd certainly have done a lot better. Um, even myself, I was just new to management, um, and probably I struggled a wee bit in the Premier League as well. That's just me being brutally honest about myself. Um, but I think if we had the, the the group that we had assembled, which was a, a you know an excellent attacking side, if we had them maybe for a year together and got promoted, then we'd certainly have done better in the Premier League. Unfortunately, we get promoted, I think it was in uh, the start of August, and we started at the end of August, so we didn't really have a chance to, you know, get the, the right type of players that we, we needed uh, and at that stage. Yeah, and obviously it was tough for uh, Dundee in the Premiership, and then obviously you ended up leaving. How would you look back as your time, look back at your time as uh, manager there? Uh, as I say, obviously, um, you know, we always kept Dundee up, um, after the 25-point deduction. But I take some pride in uh, uh, when I did take over the club, I think, seventh in the league. Uh, and if we'd won the last game of the season, uh, in a normal season, we would have won the league. Um, so uh, I always look back and with a lot of fondness on the fact that, you know, we, we, we stayed up that season, um, came second the following season, and then, there was always a three-year plan, and the third year would have been getting promoted. Uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, we get promoted in the second year because obviously uh, Rangers had been put into the second division of our league too. Um, so, uh, but ultimately, a, a lot of fondness. I still got a lot of time. Still go to Dens quite a lot. Um, still got a lot of good friends. We still all keep in touch. Uh, the guys that were in that. Uh, defiant season um, so still got a lot of time for them I remember when obviously you, you got sacked and a lot of people were if I'm being honest were surprised and I remember Steve Lomas uh, came out and he was like why are you sacking Barry Smith and he needs a bit more time he's under 
obviously not great circumstances, but do you remember when Steve Lomas came out and supported you? I know, and I really appreciated the fact that um, uh, having a couple of other managers, you know, phoning us up and, you know, the, I guess, you know, the, everybody sees the, the, the front picture, there's obviously backstories to it that I'm not going to because it's no, it's a, a way it's passed and it's gone. Um, but there was obviously some, you know, other things going on at the club at the time and um, it, it didn't work out for myself um, for other reasons. You know, if you're basing it purely in results and, you know, the club made the right decision, but it, it, I think there was a lot more going on that I should maybe have been given a wee bit more of a chance, but that's that's football. I mean, there's better managers than me lost their job, so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. I see nowadays in the game, like managers do not get any time whatsoever. No, um, especially now. I mean, I was lucky at Dundee, I had what two and a half years as manager. Um, but some of the, you know, the, the sort of length spells that managers are getting now and they're under pressure. And, you know, I, I think I, I mean, it's incredible that guys are getting sacked after eight games and. There's no chance of um, you implementing any style or any... Um, and it, listen, football is a results-based game, but you also have to be given time to make sure that you're, you're able to implement what you want to do. And it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of guys, you come in and you're taking over somebody else's players. So you've then got to work out what the best system for their players are how you're going to get the best in them until you can get your own players in. Um, and, you know, as I say, eight weeks. Even I, mean, I think you still need at least two or three transfer windows to actually put your mark on, you know, a team if you're there for, you know, any length of time. Yeah, and obviously look at Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He took Rangers to a, Euro, a Europa League final, won a Scottish Cup. Then five months later, he got the sack. It just shows you it's just... It's mental. It's just mental the way the, the the way the way the game works nowadays. Aye, listen. As I say, any manager going in knows that it's a results based um, career. You know, you, you need to win games, but there's also got to be the bigger picture about how you're what you're doing to the club and what you're doing to the infrastructure of the club. But I guess you know when it comes down to it. Uh, every day, just uh, once the fans aren't seeing results on the park straight away, then the, the, the job just uh, it does become more difficult. And then obviously, after you left Dundee, you moved to Alawa. And there's one game I want to ask you about, Barry, was the <laughs> when you beat Rangers 3 2 in the Challenge Cup, you came back from 2 0 down. And in my opinion, I think that was a game that cost Alan McCoist his job, unfortunately. But how do you look back on that game and what was the game plan going into it? No, nah, it was. I think we had uh, drew with Rangers previously as well. I'm not 100% now. But they, we went into the game, it was a cup game, semi-final. But, you know, you're 2-0 down uh, and you actually, you think, well, we've nothing to lose. It's a semi-final. Um, again, uh, they, they were a, uh, at the time were a, you know, a good team um, playing in the championship, probably punching above their weight. Um, uh, that that season, I think Hibs, Hearts, and Rangers were in the championship. Um, so we went on to play uh, Rangers and uh, two 0 down. You've nothing to lose. 
um, and Rangers have everything to lose. So, but I think we just threw everything at it, and I think Greg Spence scored two, if I remember correctly. Um, and you know, it's a night I'll never for, forget. Just based on you know the the, the challenges that I will have as a part time club to you know winning against you know uh, one of the biggest clubs in Scotland, um, Rangers. It's just a you know unbelievable achievement as well. You know to to beat them in a semi final, get to a final as a a, a part time club. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, all those uh, Alwa players were, were they all part time? Yeah. Yeah, every single one of them part time. They just finished yeah. what? So they finished what? Then just went to the game, and then beat a Rangers team that were getting paid about eight thousand pounds a week. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the the biggest pair there uh, was probably in about three hundred pound a week, um, which you know in comparison is peanuts. You know, so um, the, the the guys probably worked before the game, then he went out celebrated, went to work the following day, and. It's back to the grind, you know. So, um, but my heart's uh, my heart was off to uh, they players and everything for me. Oh, uh, absolutely brilliant! Not just in that game, but you know the whole time I was there. What did Ali say to you after the game? I, to be honest, Ali was he, Ali was Ali. I mean, he was obviously gutted and disappointed, um, but he came into the. Uh, the manager's office and sat and had a beer with us. You know, he, he was just that type of guy that, you know, he, he obviously gutted that they'd lost, but he would never just have walked out the door. Um, he came in and congratulated, and that was just this sort of marquee what Ali is, you know. Yes, I think Al McCoy at the time was the right guy for the job, but it was just the wrong time. And obviously you can relate to him because he went through, you went through administration at Dundee and he went through that at Rangers. Um, but what do you make of Ali as a guy? You got any brilliant stories? I, was, I used to, um, when I seen Pedro, he was a member at David Lloyd. And folk might not believe us, but in pre-season, he actually went to the David Lloyd and did some work. <laughs> You'll not believe it. So there was one day I, I, I went in and I was standing uh, talking to him, he's on the treadmill, and I'm standing speaking to him, and he, he like uh, we were standing for a good while, and he, he just pressed stop, and he went, Barry, thanks very much, that's 30 minutes, I've been running on that, I would never have known because I've been standing speaking to you, and then he just went away, just left me, I was like, thanks very much, I'll, I'll just come in every day so you did your 30 minute run, because he, he probably didn't like running, well, everybody knows he didn't like the, you know, the, the running side of things, but um, the fact they'd been standing talking to us for half an hour just got him out, got the run of him done with, and then he just went away. I think he went to the sauna after that. And then your last spell in management was with uh, Elgin City. Could we see you back in the game at some point, Barry? I um, was disappointed to leave Elgin. Um, I've, I'm obviously working outside of football now, and you know, the, the, I was traveling two and a half hours, my job hours sort of changed. Um, there was a couple of other things that I, I probably wasn't particularly happy with, um, which made the decision maybe a wee bit more easy um, to leave. Um, but the, the, you know, ultimately, with my workers changing, um, it was I, I couldn't make up the train. I didn't think that was right either. Um, so hopefully, in the future, I get the opportunity um, to get back in somewhere. Uh, I still feel I've got a lot to offer the game, whether you know it's as a manager, assistant manager, 
Um, I'm still, you know, feel as oh, that I've got a lot of experience that, you know, I can pass on to people. Um, so hopefully in the near future they'll get back in. Uh, you just can't kind of tell them that, 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 you know, these days. And then just to finish off, Barry, I'm going to get fire uh, some quick fire questions at you. Um, <laughs> the best manager you've played under? Well, that's a hard one. I'd probably go with Jockey Scott. Just I've got a lot of respect for him. And uh, the best manager you've played against? Um, I'd probably be Walter Smith. Um, just being as it was, you know, Rangers were so good at the time. And uh, your best pal in football? Big Robert, Robert Douglas. Uh, kept in touch. He just says around the corner, so we pretty much see each other. Uh, regular basis when he's known holiday. Hey, what would you say is your best Rab Douglas story actually? Um, I don't know if I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, a big, big Rab. It, 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 he's you know we used to um, you know like maybe go on a Saturday. And, uh, we would go back to his and have a couple of drinks, which maybe roll into a Sunday. Um, but you know, it, it was just that's just the way you know we enjoyed the sort of the weekends. Um, but no, I think he's too many too many stories to mention. What would you say is the biggest dressing room bust up you've seen uh, throughout your career? Um, I think it was probably. I didn't actually see it, um, but it was Chick Charlie and Robbie Rayside at half time at St Johnston. Um, they they actually both of them had been sent off, I think, because they were fighting on the pitch, and then they went into the dressing room and uh, like it kicked off in the dressing room. So uh, that's probably the biggest fight I've seen. Um, but it, it's one of the ones where you only want to get involved. <laughs> What would you say throughout your managerial career? The when have you been? The, when have you been the most angriest? Where, where you've just you've let loose at half time or full time? Um, I think every club there's always the thing is you can't be aggressive all the time. But I think there's always every club I've been at there's been one situation where I've just exploded, um, which I think players. If you do it once, then they know that you're capable of doing it. But if you do it every week, then, um, you know, they, they just switch off. So there's probably everybody, every club I've been at, there'll be players saying, oh, I remember the time he exploded. But it's probably only the one time that I did that. Yeah, and obviously when you look at the game now, footballers are very, I would say, sensitive at times where you can. It's not like the way it was like back in the old days where you can just let loose and say whatever. Because if you say the wrong thing, They'll go tell their agent, and then it'll get leaked, and it'll just cause chaos. I think, no, I mean, but the same token, I think they're quite right as well. Some, I mean, some managers that uh, I've played under have probably crossed. There is a line that you can cross, um, which just becomes, you know, it's too much. Um, but I think nowadays that the 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 sort of the, the player, a lot of the players are wrapped in cotton wool now, so you've got to be really extra sensitive and you know careful about how you deal with people. But that that comes as part of the game now, I guess. You know that, that you've got to be able to read situations and read the character of players. 
and uh, your best moment in football? I, I think it's, you know, when we're not with Ross County and 1-1-0 and uh, kept in Dean, uh, um, you know, that was a, the day that we knew that we wouldn't get relegated uh, after losing the 25 points. Um, it's just an incredible feeling seeing, you know, knowing that the club was, you know, going to stay up and, as I say, I've always believed we wouldn't stayed up, the club wouldn't exist. And uh, the best game you've won as a manager? Um, again, it probably was. It would be that game, just because there was so much on it. You know, to, um, you know, I, I could say the the semi final way Alwa against Rangers because it was an unbelievable result. But I think just because there was so much riding on uh, Dundee staying up. Um, that that's probably the, the biggest one that I've had and uh, finally Barry here's a big one for you who's better <laughs> or Messi well I, if I've to answer quickly I'm going for Messi but <laughs> two, two outstanding players um, I just think Messi's got a wee bit more quality on and off the park for me no thank you very much Barry I really enjoyed it thank you for, very much for coming on no any problem at all Scott thanks for having us Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.